So announcements uh, before we begin. Uh, Cooperation Christmas Child, we're getting close to the time. Uh, bring, your, bring your boxes in. There, there's a table to the left, right behind where Aaron sits there. Um, uh, that'll be next week. Uh, our biblical citizenship classes began yesterday. What a blessing that was. That was wonderful. So if you if you're signed up, please please uh, come to that. That it was wonderful. So uh, potluck after service today. So uh, bring whatever goes with pulled pork or roasted chicken breast. It'll be fine. And um, that's it, except for please join us uh, prayer service tonight at seven o'clock uh, right here. So if you if you can make it, please come. Uh, we love to have you. So. Uh, also, before we really begin, uh, just got word from the chat that uh, there's some spiritual atta- spiritual attacks going on to our our beloved shepherd JD. Uh, so if, we're just going to pray here real quick. Uh, please join me if if uh, if you're in agreement, and uh, we'll give it just a few minutes, but we'll pray for that uh, right now. So, Father, uh, we we ask that you uh, guard our shepherd uh, as he's away uh, learning and uh, refresh him on this trip, but, but uh, he's, he's under spiritual attacks this morning. We're not sure exactly what that is, but we know that you can handle it. So uh, please guard him and watch over him as he's gone from us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, that's announcements. We'll, 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 uh, we'll pray and get started. So... Uh, Father, we, we come before you, we thank so thankful that we're able to gather here today and, and learn from your word. We pray that you teach us, and we pray you open our hearts to everything you would have us to learn today. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're continuing on in uh, Proverbs, we're in Proverbs chapter 12, but uh, I'm going to start, actually, maybe... Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I'm beginning in verse 11. For this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us, and who will bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over to the sea and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. You see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God and walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear, and are are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that which you, you may dwell 
in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Now, it's, maybe it seems kind of funny, but this is the choice that we've all hopefully made right now, and we've all hopefully made it for Jesus Christ in that we chose life. And uh, so as we study the Proverbs, as we're going through the Proverbs, these Proverbs can tell us, you know, uh, where we're at from a spiritual standpoint. We learned a couple weeks back, uh, a couple Wednesdays ago in, in Hebrews, that, that we should not be always on the spiritual bottle. We need, to move, we need to move on to cereal. We need to move on to ground beef. We need, ultimately, we need to get on to the steak. That's where we want to be. And these Proverbs, after we've made that choice for life, these Proverbs can tell us, help us gauge where we're at in our walk there. So, as we've chosen life through Christ and accepted his sacrifice for us, we'll check in and see where we're at on our spiritual growth. So verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1 says, Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I need that. That's blunt. That's to the point. And it's no, there's no nuance in there, is there? It's, if you don't love correction, you're stupid. It tells me that right there. So, so instruction is correction in the sense that, that either I, I'm doing something wrong and I, and I now know to do it right, or else I didn't know I was doing it wrong, but I know that that's wrong now and I'll have to change over and start doing it right. And where can I find this instruction that we're talking about? Obviously, I think most of us know it's right here in the Bible and it's right here in Proverbs. It's telling us, it's telling us what's good, what's What's uh, what is not good, and I need to check in on myself and make sure I'm lining up with the good parts of these uh, proverbs. You'll, you'll see that most of them are contra- contrastive, or there's a but in there. This is good, but this is not good. This is good, but this is not good. There's a few that are not. There's there's a few ands, but for the most part, they're they're buts. So we need to ask ourselves as we study through this, which side of this statement am I coming down on? Uh, do I, as we get into it, do I fly off the handle for no reason? It's probably not the right side to be on. Uh, or do I, do I keep things to myself when it's, when it's appropriate? That's probably the right side to be on. And where am I lining up spiritually? Am I, am I, am I still on the milk? Am I still on the bottle? Or am I, am I getting to, to more solid food? Am I eating, eat, at least eating the hamburger? Uh, so anyway... Verse 2, a good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions, he will condemn. I think of, uh, of Cornelius back in, uh, in Acts chapter 10. You know, here's, here's a man, a Gentile of all, you know, a Roman soldier, not just a Gentile, but a Roman. You know, and, and he was a man, he said, his, he, sent an, he, got a, he was doing things so right, or at least as right as he possibly understood, that he got an angel sent to him to, to tell him, hey, your, your alms to the poor and your prayers have come up before the Lord. What, what an example of a favor, of favor that God shows to this Gentile of all things. And, and, and what ultimately happens, you know, 
There's a lot of neat stuff that happens in that Acts chapter 10, but uh, this is Peter's vision, of course, and, and uh, Peter ultimately goes and, and witnesses and, and shares the gospel with his entire household, and that's you know one of the first instances we have of, the, of a Gentile being converted or preached to, and it, what a wonderful thing, because that's, that's us. We're, we're, the, we're Gentiles too, so... Um, but the second part, but he will condemn. Uh, this is the idea that, that there's no getting away with it. We, we, we lament and we, we see that today. We, we think we see that. Uh, they're, they're always particularly in our, in our, in our politics. That we, oh, they're just getting away with such evil. They're not going to get away with it. Um, you know, and, and we should seek justice down here. We should, we should work for that and, 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 make our everyday choices towards that. Uh, but if, if we fail, if we don't see that, uh, God says right here, he will condemn, he will take care of it. I, uh, in Romans, Romans 12, verse 19, it says, and this is also a quote, quote, this is Paul quoting from the Old Testament. He says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place in wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so you will heap coals of fire on his head. So that's that's God ultimately taking care of that. Again in Proverbs twenty four. Proverbs twenty four, verse twenty nine, he says, Do not say, I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. That is God taking care of the when we uh, when we can't see that and we can't, we can't pursue justice. There's also you know provision in the in the Old Testament law when when a, a body was found outside the town, there was provision for the the nearest town would offer up a, a, a bull or a heifer, forget which one, but would offer up a sacrifice saying that this is not, we did not do this. We're sacrificing this and we're, we're innocent of this blood and God would take care of that then. So we need to uh, always understand that God will see it and there's no getting away with anything. Verse three, a wicked man is not established by wickedness, but the root of righteousness cannot be moved. Jesus said, Said it a little differently, but it's kind of the same concept. In, in Matthew 7, verse 24, actually verses 24 through 27, uh, this is, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it didn't fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So the root of the righteous cannot be moved. When we build our house on that, on that rock, on Jesus, we cannot be moved. Uh, verse four, as I was studying this, this was, I had to chuckle when I said, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but he who 
causes, but she, I'm sorry, but she, she, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, it, 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 it's wonderful to have a good wife. And, and uh, you know, it's like, it says it's, a wonderful wife is like a crown. And, and I know there's, there's lots of women out there, but there's mine right there. And she's like my crown. And, and, and a crown is not something, you know, you, well, it's time for bed now. I put my PJs on. I'll, oh, I'll get my crown out and go to bed. No, a, a crown is something to be seen. A, a crown is something to be showed off. A, 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 maybe not showed off is not the right, but it's something to be seen, something to be showed off, something to be proud of. And, and that's, what, that's what a good wife will be for us men. So, uh, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. And we know... We know that uh, anxiety and stress and these things are, are like rottenness in our bones. They, they can cause illness. They can cause sickness. So uh, it's so it's, it's so wonderful to have an excellent wife. And you know, it's like in this crown, it's not the cheap ten carat plated stuff. That's solid twenty four carat. You know, with all the, those are real gems. So so. Uh, and I and I know it, it, the concept can go the other way too, but uh, it does. It, the, the the scripture says wife, and and uh, but it can also apply uh, if if our husband if we're knuckleheads, we can also cause stress to our wives. So keep that in mind as well. So verse five: the the thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. I think of. Uh, Solomon's son Rehoboam, in, in, in this story is in First Kings, uh, chapter twelve, and, and really the whole chapter needs reading. But uh, I think I'll just read uh, from verse eight, maybe through verse eleven. And so he, this is Rehoboam. This is Solomon's son. Upon uh, Solomon's death, he was taking over the kingdom, and he was wanting advice on how to run the kingdom. Uh, the, the first, the, the sad thing is, is, is there's no record of him ever praying to God how he should, his, his, his dad did, his, his dad, you know, prayed, who, who can run, who's wise enough to rule this kingdom? And so he was given wisdom, but his son uh, did not pick up on that. And so he asks the elders, uh, he asks, and then he asks his buddies. Um, but in verse eight, it says, but he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted with the young men who had grown up with him, who stood before him. And he said to them, what advice do you give? How should we answer this people who have spoken to me saying, lighten the yoke, which your father put on us. Then the young men who had grown up with him spoke to him saying, thus you should speak to this people who have spoken to you saying, your father made our yoke heavy but you make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, my little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. Then my, and now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to you your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. You know, it's like, what horrible advice. What horrible advice. And we're, you know, it says right there, the counsels of the wicked are deceitful, and you know this led to the to the breakup of of the kingdom, and it was it was split from there on out for the rest of its history, well until 1948, which. But uh, yeah, the the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. 
The words of the wicked are, lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Verse 7, the weak are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. This is also kind of a tough one as we look around and as we judge by what we see. Uh, you remember going back to verse 2, I, God will see it, but uh, we, have to keep, we have to keep the news that we see, and, and, and we need to be informed. We need to watch the news, but we need to keep it in perspective, keep it in a biblical perspective, and we know what's going to happen. We know the ending. God has told us the ending. So, uh, you know, two or three weeks ago, J.D. took us through the, the last four chapters, the, or not the last four, but chapters 30, 36 through 39 of Ezekiel. Wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. Uh, it, he's, that's God telling us what's happening. So as we see these things, and, and, and we need to pray, we need to continue to pray for, for Israel, for the whole situation, uh, but... God, God loves us enough. He tells us what's going to happen. So we keep these things in perspective. But the, the wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. And in, in Acts chapter 17, uh, we have the story of Paul in Athens, I believe. And, and what was Paul doing? Paul was doing what Paul always does. He was, he was witnessing to the Gentiles and giving, giving them the gospel. He, Paul wasn't really advocating to turn Athens and Greece back to its glory days under Alexander. But Paul was about saving the souls of those Athenians. Uh, this, you know, this is the story where he, he tells them of, I see you had a statue of an unknown God. So, but he... He was concerned about their souls and not about returning Athens to its glory days. Um, this is what exci- what's exciting, not, not to put a commercial uh, in, but this is what ex- it's exciting about uh, uh, Toby and, and Alex and the rest of them leading us through the, the TPA, TPUSA, the turning point. It's about saving the souls so that we can return this country back to a biblical basis. But that's what's going to happen if enough Americans are saved, the government's going to be fine. The country's going to be just fine. If we can get enough Americans saved, we can be America again. But that's what we need to be concerned with, is saving America's people and not, and not always being worried about who's in charge politically. And, and I know we need to be, and we need to vote biblical, with a biblical basis and, I, I'm, and that's another thing I'm excited for this TPUSA. Not, not to do another commercial, but anyway, think about that. Uh, verse 8. A man will be com- commended according to his wisdom, but he who is of a perverse heart will be despised. And, and where, so I want wisdom. I want to be commended. I want to be commended for my wisdom. Where do I get that? Uh, just, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, we talked about that. And go back and reread chapter 9 of Proverbs. 
verse 4 specifically of chapter 9 says, Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live in the, and live and go in the way of understanding. This whole chapter was about wisdom and where to find it. So go back and reread that one and then apply it to the, this verse 8. Verse 9. Better is the one who is slighted but has a servant than he who honors himself but lacks bread. We, uh, we all know those, those folks. We've had coworkers or friends that, that can talk a big game. You know, I, oh, I got, this, I got a new truck. I got this. I got that. I got the other thing. But you go home and then it's really not, not, not much there, not much substance to that. Uh, so it's better to, to let yourself be thought less of, but, but have stuff or have, especially have Jesus than, than to honor yourself, but really you're empty inside. Verse 10, a righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. And I, I like that because I, I, I read that and I think, well, I, I always treated my dog well, but he's, he's probably not talking about Nugget. Nugget was my dog, but... Uh, He's probably not talking about that, although it can apply, I suppose. But he's, he's talking about uh, your, your work animal. In those days, you know, that was your, that was your case IH. And I know all you John Deere people would be mad. My people were all case IH. So. <laughs> in fact, in my day, it was just international harvester. So anyway, anyway, not really relevant. But, but uh, in, in Genesis 3, you know... Uh, after the fall, uh, God's talking to Adam and Eve and, and, and the serpent, but he, uh, he says, says to Adam, uh, this is uh, beginning in verse 17 of chapter 3 in Genesis. Then, he said to, then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So that's, so even in that curse, God provides a blessing in that he gives them animals and oxen to help them till the ground. And a wise man, a good man, a righteous man regards that life and takes care of that oxen. And today we might think of it as taking care of our machinery um, or taking care of whatever your field is, wherever, if it's in a factory or if it's in, it's taking care of being a good steward of what, of that which what was entrusted to you. Um, being that good employee, taking care of the things that were entrusted to you. But the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. So I, I thought about that and prayed about that for, for a long time. And, and uh, transgenderism, it's an easy one to pick on. So we're going to pick on it. So people, we have people, fellow citizens that are 
And they're teaching kids that it's okay to do this. And they, and they think, and the worst part of it is, is they think they're being tender. They think they're being merciful. They think they're, they think they're being kind. But in reality, that's, that's, it's cruelty. It's barbarism. And I, I, I can't think of anything that's more, that would be more insulting to God when he has lavished all this love in our mother's wombs to knit us together, to make us perfect in our mother's wombs, than to come out and say, no, you're, you're wrong. God was wrong in making you this way. I can't think of anything more insulting. Uh, so it tells us too in Genesis, God made them male and female, and he makes no mistakes. So... Uh, be careful. The tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Uh, he who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. Uh, Paul said it uh, in, in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, you know, he who works, he who will not work will, will not eat. Uh, it's very basic, and we, and we understand that. But he who's always goofing off is probably going to be hungry, uh, uh, especially under that culture. Uh, well, the, the wicked covet the catch of evil men, uh, but the root of righteous, the root of the righteous yields fruit. Now that that can apply. Uh, the the root of the righteous yields fruit. That. That can apply to our, our, our jobs, but think about it also in a spiritual context. Uh, we want to yield fruit spiritually, whereas the, the wicked, they're, they're always scheming, always wanting to devise a way to, to get over on somebody. To, they're, even if they don't do it themselves, they're jealous of the evil, of the evil man's gains, uh, We have, um, but as far as as us, as far as we want to yield fruit, we have the the, the example. Uh, Jesus told us the, the parable of the sower in Matthew thirteen. Um, they'll yield a hundred or sixty or thirty fold. Uh, that's the fruit we want to be looking at yielding from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, the wicked is ens- the wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips. But the righteous will come through trouble. So again, you know, we've seen this time after time. You know, lie after lie after lie. You, you got to remember what I told George, and because and, if George talks to Paul, then Paul will tell George what I told Paul, and Paul and I didn't tell the same thing. And, you know, I get exhausted just even going through that tiny example. But it's exhausting. Whereas if you just if you're just righteous and be truthful, you can be simple and and sleep well at night. We've all seen examples of that. So, 14, a man will be satisfied with the good fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered unto him. That's, you know, that's, again, a, a biblical principle. You reap what you sow. Um, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who needs counsel 
sorry, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Now, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. What else does a fool say in his heart? Uh, in Psalm 14.1, says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. So, uh, again, we see these spiritual principles laid out for us in a common sense way. Um, a fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. And, and again, we've, I know we've all seen these folks. They, they fly off the handle. Uh, you know, every wrong that he's, he or she's had committed against them, you know everything about them. Uh, and, and you also know where the whose fault it really is, and it's certainly not theirs. Um, but the other part of that verse, but a prudent man covers shame. And that's, that's the kind of friends I want, and that's, that's the kind of friend I want to be. Uh, you, you know, it, your, friend, your buddy messed up. You don't have to blab it to the whole neighborhood. You don't have to talk about it to, to everybody. You don't have to... Go in the men's room and spread it on the walls or, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and I know eventually we learned about church discipline, and eventually there comes a time when, when that's appropriate. But I want to be the friend that says, that comes up to you, to your face, you know, in the closet somewhere, and no one else, you know, you, you, this really, this thing you did, it really isn't good. To their face, not, not blabbing it out to the whole world and the whole neighborhood, the whole workplace, you know. That's the kind of friend I want to be, is, is, and that's the kind of friends I want. Uh, 17, he who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a, false witness, but a false witness deceit. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Uh, we've had a lot of scripture about the tongue, and... Uh, in James, we got to put a bookmark in James. <laughs> James 3, uh, verse 5. Uh, even so, which is uh, chapter, James chapter 3, verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great, a forest, see how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. Uh, so the tongue... Deceit, this verse 20, deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. And this is another difficult one as we think about uh, Job. You know, here was was Job. He was doing everything right, or, or the best he knew how. He was blameless, the scriptures tell us. Um, doesn't mean he was without sin, but... 
but uh, so the, the devil sets up a, a challenge, and and uh, God God lets him challenge Job, and he takes everything away. All his wealth is wiped out. His family's wiped out. Uh, he leaves him his wife, and his wife tells him, "Curse God and die." And he leaves him three buddies that that constantly are picking her needle in him and telling him what a bad sinner he is. Uh, that's that's the kind of, of challenge Job faced, and and we know I don't know how long it was exactly, but we know they set for him and his buddies set for seven days before they even t- started talking, and then so who knows it maybe a couple weeks they went through those those uh, speeches, but we think about that, and and in the end, in the end Job says. After he's gone through all that, in chapter 42 of Job, he says, he, Job, beginning in verse 1, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. I know that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, Who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Uh, listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you, and therefore I abhor myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. Pretty powerful stuff from someone who just suffered all of those things. He lost his, lost his whole family, his, his kids, his, his sons, his daughters, all his wealth. Uh, and in the end, uh, he's restored. Uh, but that I repent. I, I've heard of you by the ear, but now I see you, and I repent. Uh, we also think of Joseph. You know, here's a, here's a guy sold into slavery for how many years? He, he goes into the, the house of Potiphar, uh, builds up Potiphar's house, and is wonderful to him, but... Uh, Eventually, he's accused, falsely accused of rape. Uh, he's sent to prison. Uh, same thing basically happens there. He, he, he's uh, put in charge of the prison ultimately, and, and, uh, or the number two man anyway. Uh, the, the baker and the, and, the, and the butler, you, know, you all know the story, but uh, one of them, he tells them their dreams, and he says, hey, when you get out, remember me. But, of course, he doesn't. And... and uh, Ultimately, the, when Pharaoh has a dream, he's, he's, uh, the butler remembers, oh yeah, there was this, this Jew in, in prison with me, he can, he can tell you your dreams, and then who knows how many years later this is, but well, he's been languishing in this prison, so he gets out, ultimately becomes the number two man under Pharaoh, uh, oversees the, the saving of, of the nation of, of Egypt with the grain uh, in the... In, his father uh, and his son, his brothers hear about it ultimately and come down. And, and he says, you know, in the end, he, he saves his family. He saves Israel. Uh, and as he's talking with his brothers at the end, you know, you, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. Uh, so, so, yeah, those are, those are tough things when, it, when you say, no grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. So I, I, you know, we don't, I don't understand a lot. It's an understatement of the year, but uh, 
But I don't understand why sometimes the good suffer. But I do understand uh, Romans 8, 28. And it says, and, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. That's ultimately what Job and Joseph are telling us, that, or showing us through their actions and through their lives. They were called according to a purpose, and it worked out for good. Lying lips, this verse 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal truthfully are his delight. We see that a lot. And, uh, you know, starting out with that in in kind of a negative way, in 2 Samuel 11, uh, verses 26 through 27, we all know the story. Uh, This is where, um, after... After uh, David's sin with Bathsheba, and after his his murder, uh, I'll just read it to you here. Verse 26, this is 2 Samuel chapter 11. When, When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. And that's, that's really hits home because I, I know I can put my name in there. The thing that Jerry did displeased the Lord. But through Jesus Christ, all that is gone. And, and now... Those who deal truthfully are his delight. And that's where, that's where I want to be. It's where I'm getting to. <laughs> so, your homework for this next week. I know how you all love homework. <laughs> Find places where you can bring delight to the Lord. Uh, we went over them a couple of them last week uh, in, in chapter 11. Verse 1, dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When we deal in our business dealings, we're to be just, we're to be right, we're to be truthful, we're to, we're to have, you know, a gallon is a gallon, a, a quart is a quart, and that's the way God wants it to be. Uh, Proverbs 15.8 is another one we'll come up on a couple, couple weeks. Uh, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. I can delight when I pray in an upright manner. I can delight the Lord in that. One of my favorites, though, is, is in Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. 
So when you study, when, you, when you're at home and when you're reading and when you're studying about God, he takes note of that. He delights in that. He takes pleasure in that. You're, really, you're learning about me. You want to you come to a fuller understanding of me. I, I appreciate that. I'm going to write that down or I'm going to have that written down. Either way, it's before him all the time. I can delight the Lord in when I do that, when I study. So uh, uh, continuing on, verse 23, a prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. And that's another easy one. You know, the, the, the guy, we've talked to my buddy, you know, for, for years, years and years ago at a time, you know, he, when it comes to the diligence at work, you, you don't have to do much to stand out. You, all you have to do is apply yourself just a little bit and you'll stand out. Uh, but the, and we've all had the coworkers that the, the boss just has to stand over them with practically with a whip to get them to do anything. This is, this is what is meant by the, by the force. The lazy man will be put to forced labor. Um, it, can mean, it can also mean slavery, but in today's, uh, in today's culture, would probably, it's, one, it's a guy, it's a fellow, it's a, a gal that the boss just has to stand over constantly to get anything done. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. So, I mean, again, refer back to verse, uh, verse 4. Um, verse 18, you know, uh, be, be one of the, uh, the one that promotes health. Be, be wise. Um, the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. And, you know, uh, when I first started coming here, I don't know, it's coming up on maybe 10 years, nine years, whatever. Probably wasn't the first time I was here, but very early on, JD made the comment, you know, we're going we're gonna to find out about you before we let you teach Sunday school, for example. I appreciated that so much. We're going to know, we're going to make sure that you're right, that you understand, not that you're not a sinner, we're, we're all sinners, but we're going to make sure you're right, your, your heart is right. And you teach the kids what is right. I appreciated that so much. Uh, we're not just going to, you, you've been here a month, well, you know, go teach third grade. No, no, we're, we're going to find out if your heart is right. We're going to make sure we're going to get to know you. Uh, however long that takes, a, a year, a two years, whatever. But we're not going to just throw you in there when, we not, when we're not sure. We don't want you teaching something that's not true, not accurate, not biblical. Uh, you know, we don't want you teaching. There's many roads to Jesus, to, to, to God. And no, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what we want you teaching our kids. So I appreciated that so much. Uh, and that's, the righteous should choose his friends carefully. That's, that's kind of what that, that biblical principle is, is in effect here. I was appreciated that so much. And, and also, it works the other way. Uh, if that's if it's your first week here, your hundredth week here, you need to make sure that what's being taught is biblical, is right. It, so it goes the other way too. We need to make sure that what that, that is accurate, uh, that that's what being taught is is right according to God's word. So yeah, I appreciated that very much uh, when I first started coming here. 
27. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is a man's precious possession. So, and, and remember, those, these were written in the days without refrigeration. So when you went hunting or when you slaughtered an animal, you, you took care of it right there. You didn't throw it in the backyard or, you know, wait for it. So, so the idea is that, that you're taking care of whatever it is that's in front of you, uh, being diligent in, in your possessing of that thing and being a good steward of that thing. We'll close with, with verse 28. In the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. So going back to the, the Deuteronomy, uh, when God through Moses begs us to choose life, that's what this uh, Proverbs is, is telling us. Where, where are we at? Where are we at? We've chosen life, hopefully all of us, but if you haven't, Please come up afterwards. But these Proverbs tell us, as we've chosen life, what's next? How do I gauge myself? Am I growing? Apply apply these verses to to your life, to to where you're at. Maybe I do fly off the handle too often. That needs to be corrected. If I I hate correction, I'm stupid. So I want to be corrected. I don't want to be stupid. (laughs) We'll close with that. Father, we know you're here among us. We, we, we want to teach of you what is right always. And, and we pray that, that, that uh, you help us apply these verses. And, and if any of them sting a little bit, we, we, we pray that we take that to heart. We, we take the sting and we, we change through your Holy Spirit. We, we change to into more and more into what you would have us to be. We pray also for our, our shepherd J.D. again. And we keep him safe, uh, refresh him uh, Teach him so that he can teach us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.